like to take a look at the global economy now with a pro, and that is Jeffrey Kleintop, Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. Good afternoon to you. Thank you for being with us, Jeffrey. So your thoughts here on the bits and pieces that we've gotten about the economy over the last week or so. What have you learned, and has anything changed in your mind going forward? Well, you know, we've gotten some, some additional data, and I think it's interesting to look at what some of the leading indicators are pointing to as we look at the economic indicators. You know, I think we're kind of assembling this, uh, do we have the ingredients of a recession? Uh, maybe we're not on recession watch, maybe not one isn't imminent, but are the ingredients coming together? And there's a couple of things I like to look at. One, as you know, Nicole, is the yield curve. What percentage of the yield curve is currently inverted? And uh, that's only about 7% or so. And, 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 you know, we can also look at the stock market. I just got this chart up on the screen now. I don't think stocks have fully priced in a recession, but they are close in some markets. This is the PE for international stocks, and it's rarely been lower outside of a recession. The past two recessions saw the PE fall another 4%, but those prior two crises, the great financial crisis in 08 and 09 and the European debt crisis in 2011, saw the PE fall another 30%. So it's a question of, are we headed for a recession or a crisis? And, and if it is merely a recession, I say merely, uh, where maybe there isn't that much more downside for international equities, which are already well below average PE. Well, that's the whole thing, too, because the question was whether or not something, uh, you know, Europe, for example, could go into a recession before the U.S., but you're talking about PE ratios maybe being closer to bottoms than we are here at home, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. We're seeing valuations below average and even close to those recession lows in Europe. I think the markets have generally been more pessimistic on the outlook for growth in Europe, perhaps because of their proximity to the conflict or that uh, Europe's dependent upon uh, Russian energy or any of a number of reasons. They've certainly been battling even with the Omicron uh, uh, variant that was a, a depressed, uh, depressed into their growth in January. So, you know, I, I think there've been a lot of concerns there and that's depressed equities, but earnings growth still looks fairly good in Europe, although that could weaken. But the point is that stocks are closer to pricing in a recession there, though, They've actually outperformed U.S. equities here on a year-to-date basis, even despite that rise in the dollar. So I think the fact that they are seeing um, very low valuations here relative to recessions in the past may suggest that there's been some support here as U.S. markets have fallen. Okay. And then the inversion of the yield curve is something, obviously, that we follow very closely. As you said, 7% uh, is inverted at this point. And while that may be elevated, it doesn't necessarily um, indicate, like in the past, um, that a global recession is coming, right? Yeah, we know that the yield curve is, has got a perfect long-term track record. And there can't be any guarantees going forward, but it's got an amazing track record. And here you can see, over the last 50 years, whenever we've seen all of the different all the different short duration versus long duration fixed income, there's 60 different yield curves out there technically, two to 10 year, the three month to 30 year, whatever you want to look at. Uh, usually we see 70, 80, 90%, meaning really the entire curve inverts ahead of those gray columns of recessions. Uh, even ahead of the pandemic, it was about 50%. Now, only about 7% down from 15 last month. So this indicator is not screaming that a recession is right around the corner, although clearly the yield curve could further invert as the Fed continues to hike interest rates. Right, ultimately. And then when you give us uh, your outlook now, what do we tell investors? Because I'm sure they're feeling very nervous. Um, the Fed watches everything. 
uh, from jobs, but inflation is number one. And they're certainly watching the volatility we've experienced in the stock market. I mean, the Dow is down 13% this year. The Nasdaq's down 26% this year. You know they're watching that, but that's not their number one job. So what do we tell them about, what do we tell folks about the Fed and their money? Well, I think there are a couple of places you can look to if you're if you're looking to put some money to work in this market, but are concerned about additional downside. And one of those is in shorter duration stocks, those companies with more immediate cash flows. Uh, you'll find those in areas like energy and, and materials and financials. They've been outperforming. They may continue to do so as real rates continue to rise. Uh, that's been a theme not only this month and last month and, and all year, but it really goes back to August of 2020 when rates bottomed and began to climb. So that's a theme. In fact, year to date, short duration stocks are flat this year, uh, even as uh, longer duration stocks are in a bear market. The other thing is buyback beneficiaries, companies that have been benefiting from new and or new share buyback programs or additions to share buyback programs. We've seen companies where uh, stocks where companies are doing those buybacks have actually only seen about half the downside of the overall market this year. And if you go all the way back uh, to, uh, to really when buybacks started to come back post pandemic in late 2020, as you can see here, they've doubled the performance of the overall market. So this is a place maybe you can look to to find a little bit more cushion on the downside and some corporate buyers, even if individual buyers, uh, individual buyers are stepping back. Yeah. And last but not least, as we continue to tackle our problem with inflation, um, and folks, regular folks are experiencing major inflation. Gasoline's the highest at the pump and likely to go higher now. We heard from JP Morgan. And let's, let's see, $6, $7. I don't know which way we're going, but um, this is a big one. So that's one issue, okay? So consumers, they have to have a job, and I know you have some notes on inflation and jobs and employment. At the same time, I just really start to wonder about that supply chain and how that could help. Because you were the very first person to come out into the world. I mean, I won't just say on our network, into the world to talk about a supply glut. Um, and that may help things along and help tame inflation too. Tell me about the big picture here on inflation jobs and the supply chain and where it all fits. That's right. You and I have been talking about this for some time now, the potential for uh, this year for us to start to see a move from shortages to gluts. And maybe that's what we're hearing from Kohl's and Target as they start to, to comment on excessive inventories. And we've seen it in work in process inventory for manufacturers, uh, car manufacturers in particular, Mary Barra at GM saying, you know, maybe semiconductor uh, supplies will normalize in the third quarter. So we're no longer seeing um, shortages of inventory. We're actually starting to see it build and maybe finish goods inventory later this year. And that could bring down inflation perhaps nearly as fast as it went up as companies feel the need to cut prices in order to accommodate these, these, uh, uh, these excess inventories. This is an interesting chart and it's one that's a little bit worrisome in that it measures the difference between the inflation rate and the unemployment rate. Whenever the gap between them has closed and they became the same number, it was just ahead of a recession in 2000, in 2008, and, and nearly in, two, in 2019. Here again, the crossover is remarkable, but I think inflation may be coming down in the second half of this year, uh, and hopefully that will uh, provide a little bit of an offset to how much the Fed needs to tighten in the face of weakening economic growth. Yeah, well, then we don't really like that chart very much. That's basically right. is right what you're saying. <laughs> That's basically yeah, what alarming. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, seeing those two as they get closer and closer to the same number, and then, oh, they're sitting on the same chip. That is just not a, a good thing. But uh, maybe you thought I forgot that you were the first one who said glut. 
I almost fell off my chair last year when you even insinuated it, but uh, you were right. You were right. And that's exactly what we're seeing now with the major retailers, to your point. They're having to do, um, you know, reevaluation of their inventories. In fact, when I was talking to Arun Sundaram over at CFRA, who I'm sure you know, and he's a friend of our network, he was talking about the habits of consumers, but that they have to do now right-sizing the inventory. I never even heard that phrase, right-sizing the inventory over at Target because it's sort of out of whack now, right? Because they got too much of some stuff. Jeffrey, nice to see you as always, my friend. Thank you. Jeffrey Kleintop, Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab.